Drake also announced that he's gonna go to kick.com. Then they started signing plus 18 content females out there and they also said, we're also going to kick.com. I like the idea of seeing it as a bit of a football club. You take all the Cristiano Ronaldos and Messis. I think there's something even dirtier. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the show for all the people that will get rich in the next bull market without betting on shit coins and L coins, but by building your own project. So welcome everybody, Tugan, how do you feel today? Angry, I had gluten yesterday. <laughs> so today we have another case study for you, a case study about the fastest platform to reach 1 million users in only 69 days. And I want to start with a question to you, Tugan. What was first, the chicken or the egg? God, I mean, I don't know why. So today we're going to talk about kick.com and Twitch. Mm -hmm. Kick.com is a new streaming platform that kind of copied everything that was Twitch doing and put it on their own platform. So it's a streaming platform, mostly for gambling, nudity and 18 plus content. Needless to say, the founder of Twitch or the CEO is not too happy. And how would you feel about this if you were the CEO or founder of Twitch yourself, Tugan? Well, I think the founders of Twitch they already sold the company for a few billions. So I think they feel like they don't give a fuck. Um, uh, but the CEO, um, I mean, the big question you know, is, it's like this like Rumble versus YouTube thing. Like, okay, Rumble is like uh, interesting because you have no censorship. But on the other hand, like, do they have really traction? Or is it just going to stay for like, you know, right wing um, toxic masculinity or, you know, or is this like um, uh, areas? So um, I think uh, we're going to discuss it. Like Kik had a very, very fast early growth, but that's not organic. It's just like the transfer of authority and of traction from their like influencers, from like the stake.com influencers to a new platform because they cannot like, mm -hmm do like um, streaming about uh, about like um, casinos anymore on Twitch. So the early growth is bullshit because it's just the transfer of, a, of an audience that was already there, already have been acquired. So then the question is like, is it going to grow over this? Like for instance, like you, you take Andrew Tate, you move him to, to Rumble. Is he growing on Rumble? Is Rumble growing with him? Are actually just a transfer of like you know there was a one million people following him on YouTube now they follow him on Rumble but it's not creating new engagement new followers and and Rumble will have this like little uh, increase as a slight increase in viewers and users but not it's not going to generate some organic growth. Beautiful. So, so yeah, I don't know. Today we're live on YouTube as well, so for everybody that is watching, we're gonna answer the question: If you copy paste a business model, if you steal like an artist. In which scenarios does it work? And do we think that it's gonna work for kick.com? So to start off, I wanna give you guys some key statistics about Twitch. So Twitch, like we said, owned by Amazon since 2014, made an estimated $2.8 billion in revenue in 2022. 26 million people come to Twitch daily. And in 2021, 9.8 million people broadcast per month on Twitch. So 
it's a platform that has been growing quite rapidly, even though we've seen a small decrease in users and broadcasters in 2022. So you might ask yourself, okay, so what's kick.com and what do they do? So kick.com kind of just came in and said, okay, first of all, kick.com is owned by the founders of stake.com, a beautiful crypto casino that we talked about last week. And they said, okay, first of all, we're a platform for all the creators. Everybody can come in. You can show your beautiful boobs, you can do slot streaming, and you can say whatever you want on our platform. In addition to that, instead of doing a 50-50 revenue split, you will get 95% and we will only take 5%. So the way that all of these streaming platforms make money is through taking a cut on the subscription. So for example, is Tugan is really large on Twitch and charges $10 a month for everybody to join in. Me as Twitch takes five, but kick.com only takes five fifty cents. Um, so that's how they make money and a bit of advertising. So kick.com said, we're going to come in, we're going to take less of a cut and there's no censorship. So that's a bit of the, the initial brief of the business model. What do you think about this to I think if I look at the macro picture, I love the idea of challenging like this big uh, American politically correct dominating platforms. Uh, so it feels good to see like, okay, you know, you don't want my community, you don't want my streamers, you don't want like my product to be broadcasted on your stuff. While at the same time, you're allowing probably plenty of shit. Uh, well, then we're going to build a competing platform and we're going to hurt you. We're going to take market shares. We're going to just like, just to hurt you and make money maybe in the process. And, uh, and I think it's something that we don't see enough. So it's quite nice to see like, you know, powerful platforms or powerful people um, disrupting like other purchasing, like Elon Musk did with, um, with Twitter or just like disrupting or competing like Rumble is doing against like mainstream platforms. And, uh, for me, like, I'm, I'm especially like a little bit like, I mean, I don't say that streaming casinos and, you know, promoting this kind of behavior is, is necessarily a good thing, uh, but this virtue signaling of platforms is completely bullshit. I mean, from day one, they knew that people were like streaming casinos and making money while people were losing money on casinos. And they just knew it for years, but it was generating like tractions, revenues, whatever. So, you know, they pretended they didn't see anything. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with Stripe and Facebook ads. All the scammers in the world use their services. And my guess, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to make any accusations here live on YouTube, but my uneducated guess, my speculation, is that they knew from day one that these bad actors were there, but, you know, it's generating money and traction, so we are not going to say anything. And once we are, like, very rich, making billions and billions and billions a year, then we're like, oh, no, we don't want this. We are the good people, you know. We, we don't want to be part of this. It's against the community values. You know, like, well, who is the community? Like, five people in an office in San Francisco? Um, so I think, like, it's, it's nice to see, like, platforms, like, fighting this hypocrisy. Um, then regarding, like, the business model, it's a no-brainer for stake.com because losing streaming on Twitch is a life-threatening situation for their business. Um, so it's actually like, it's not necessarily like, a, um, you know, a bold movement to, uh, to, to, to create a competitor. It's maybe just like some, some way of to, just to survive. So then the question is, are they going to turn like 
this way to survive into a profitable business, then we will see, uh, I don't know. What do you think in general think? about just copying the way your website looks, the way that your funnel is built completely from a competitor that is crushing it? Does it usually work or what do people need to watch out for when doing that? It usually works. Um, but sometimes it, but it depends like if you're in, in e-commerce or in like, you know, information product, it works. If you are in the network effect business or in the social network, you know, business, um, you know, just copying and pasting like the, the UX of Twitter will not make your Twitter killer, like, you know, competitive yeah. because you have this network effect to build and this chicken egg problem you mentioned at the beginning of the call. So. In the case of, Twi of Twitch, I'm not, I'm not really a user of Twitch. I don't really know to what extent there is like a social network dimension in it, or if people are just showing up like just to see something, then, then they're just leaving. You know, the same way you know you can show up, watch some conference on Zoom, and then you close Zoom and you you, you leave. Uh, so I don't know if the platform really matters or not. I don't have this information. Yeah. I mean, what both platforms need to get right, or Kick dot Kick.com, is you need streamers so people come and watch but you also need people so the streamers go there and stream themselves yeah. so what kick.com did in the beginning is they they co-founded i would say the platform with rostein which is one of the the oldest and wealthiest casino streamers huge community mm -hmm. on twitch and also twitter and he said guys i'm the first one to go then drake also announced that he's gonna go to kick.com then they started signing one of the more i would say plus 18 content females out there and they also said we're also going to kick.com so it's kind of i like the idea of seeing it as a bit of a football club you take all the cristiano ronaldo's and messi's and sign them for yourselves and then all the smaller players are like shit they're all going their community is going so now i also have to go to this platform to share my own content there Maybe, but I mean, Drake is definitely like a Cristiano Ronaldo type, uh, you know, partnership. Uh, but plus 18 content, I don't know. Um, I mean, once again, I'm not against it, but um, it can really like, um, for, for, for me, it's like, you know, t um, do you remember like Tumblr, like the blogging mm -hmm. platform? Like a long time ago, they, they got acquired by, by Yahoo, like in, yeah, 10 years ago. So, and Tumblr, they had this thing like, yeah, you know, we're going to allow like, you know, plus a, like, you know, like, like nudity and porn, like pretty much. I mean, they didn't say it this way, but that's pretty much the idea. And I have feeling that it ruined completely the platform because it was just like, you know, just opening the gate for all the hardcore and like the sensor, like usually censored content there. Then it's not really a place where that can stay very like popular or that can can stay like compliant. You want to have an app in the app store, for instance. Well, you know, if there is porn on your stuff, I don't know if uh, Apple or Android. I mean, Android maybe, but not Apple would like refuse to have you as an app. So like in terms of distribution, maybe very limited. So the plus eighteen move, I'm not that okay. sure. I mean, once again, I don't have anything against this mm. industry. It's more like. If you want to go mainstream, it's better sometimes to be like a little bit more okay. like. So do you do you remember when OnlyFans announced that they will no longer support sexually explicit content? Yeah, I mean it almost killed them, and then they just like you know, 
renounce this update. So, but they're still quite mainstream, right? Even though they support this type of content. I mean, the genius of OnlyFans is they manage to make paying for nudity mainstream mm. and make it like not weird or awkward. Mm. That's something like that doesn't happen very often. Right. But I think what kick.com also kind of did is they looked at Twitch and they said, okay, what is the most profitable thing that's happening on Twitch? What are the highest subscription services that people pay for on Twitch? And that's gambling. That's probably sports betting. Mm -hmm. And that's 18 plus content. And they, it's not video games. Also people play like people streaming video games. Why are they doing this on YouTube or on Twitch? So I think, and this is not bigger than gambling. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's bigger, but I'm not sure if it's as profitable. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And then you can take the, the same people that do that watch video game streaming, similar type of dopamine reaction in the brain, and then eventually they they land at the gambling stream. So I think that's kind of it. One thing that I that I that I thought about when preparing for this is for the reason that kick.com is a very dangerous competitor for Twitch is that at the end of the day, it's all a math game of how much can you spend to acquire your customer. And if Twitch says our whole business model is about a bit of ads, but basically we take a 50% cut, then kick.com comes in and says, okay, you know, we're only going to take 5% and we're probably still going to make a loss, but we're going to make an absolute banger whenever they convert to stake.com. So they can just afford to lose so much money on the front end, on the beginning of the funnel with kick.com, with all the people paying, paying to get them, signing all these people, paying the streamers much more than Twitch could ever do because they're missing the secret backdoor, which is the upsell or the cross sell to the crypto casino. I think there's something even dirtier, possibly. It's okay. You take like all these casino streamers and you give them an opportunity, a platform where they can like freely stream. So they all come to, I mean, it's obvious they're all going to come for kick.com, mm-hmm. all of them, um, because it's pretty the only place where they can do this. And then you're kick.com and you can say, well, you know, guys, you can only do casino streaming for stake.com not for competing mm-hmm. products. And so you can really like, um, pretty much kill your competitors on your main business, which is like online casino. You take all the streamers who are like, not necessarily affiliated only to you, but to, to other mm-hmm. platforms, you bring them to the platform. Mm-hmm. And then once they're all there with the community, you say, hey, it's take only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super dirty move, but not that we yeah. I mean, maybe it's gonna happen. The, the main benefit that, or the, the question that we'll also answer in the stream, let's say you're watching and you wanna build a product and you see a competitor, that you know that you can do better. The general rule is, I think it's a Y Combinator quote, that you can only win if you're 10 times faster or 10 times better. And what kick.com says they're going to do better is one, for once, the broadcasters or the content creators will have customer service. So the reason that people are also so unsatisfied with YouTube is that the creator support is really bad. Like I had a video on my own channel, which was about uh, 
the dark secrets of crypto casino and it just got taken down without any notice because they said hey man you're promoting casinos I'm like yeah i'm not and i said yeah you are your video's taken down goodbye and that was it so they will have live chat support they will pay creators much more and they say you know guys we're not a socially hypocrite platform like twitch join us i think yeah it's um it, it might work. I mean, I, 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 I wish it would work. I hope it would work. Mm, mm, yeah, good. I want to bring something up here is that the copy pasting a business model is not a very new idea. And there's one company is quite famous called Rocket Internet. And Rocket Internet, German company, they grew by the main idea of saying we're in Germany, in Europe, and we're just going to look at what is popping in the US. And we're going to copy paste the exact same business model as fast as possible, scale them and grow large enough to become a competitor and then exit to the company that we're fighting, for example, in the United States. So what they did is one was called Alando. That was the eBay clone. And within 100 days, they sold for $50 million. Second one, negative example, is they wanted um, or they were fighting, I think it's called Window, Airbnb. They raised $90 million in 30 days, but it kind of became a bloodbath with Airbnb that they lost. And after four years, they decided to abandon the project. So what do you think, Tugan? Is it a good idea to look at startups, copy exactly what they're doing, just be faster, be cheaper and try to win it? What's your take on that? Um... I mean, the, um, the rocket internet, you know, window of opportunity is like this, it's a time and space like um, equation, let's say. It's like how much time a startup in Silicon Valley needs to move into other like geographical spaces. So how much time do they need to, to, to scale internationally, to grow internationally? And I have a feeling that, you know, 20 years ago, there were... They almost needed like, I don't know, five years, seven years to do it, like to just like, okay, we're going to open a, a, you know, an office in like Europe and grow there. Um, I think now they can scale internationally much faster and they know how mm -hmm. to do it. I think at the beginning, the US had an issue to understand that the rest of the world is not the US. And it was, it was a big problem for them to understand that, hey, you know, not everyone thinks, thinks like you. And I mean, in the meantime, they got it. Um, so... A uh, business model like Rocket Internet, um, I'm not sure it's such a good idea. Then you could also add the variable that it's very cost-intensive in uh, or capital-intensive businesses. So that, you know, you want to raise money, you need to build a platform, you need to make a lot of advertising for it, you need to hire a lot of people, a lot of marketers. Okay, granted, they have a methodology, they're fast, uh, they have a lot of like, skilled like, employees that they can like, move from an opportunity to another one. But it's very, very expensive. Uh, so in the age of like free VC money, it could work. Uh, in, in the current time, I'm not that sure. So copying and pasting would work, I think, uh, for like businesses with little to no cost to launch and to maintain, like digital products, stuff like this. But then the issue is, is getting saturated. Because it's easy to launch, it's cheap to launch, it's fast to launch, like no e-com information product, agencies, whatever, or just like, you know, hustle, like opportunities on the internet. 
it's getting so saturated that once again, like it's not that easy. So, so the answer is like, I'm not that sure it's a good idea. In which markets um, would you would you recommend doing something like this? Just taking your competitors, copying it, being fast. If you if you look at e-com and info products, what's your experience there? I I think it would be like. I mean, it's something that we are both doing, like on a on a side project. We're working on. Uh, we're like this, like this is like half, like I mean, ninety percent web two. 10% Web3 that we're working on together because we identified, I mean, you identified uh, with our other business partners an opportunity that had like two, three competitors worldwide literally printing cash that required like maybe 200,000 upfront investment that is relatively cheap for us or for our team together. And uh, so not everyone can put 200,000 on the table, but if you can put 200,000 on the table, you can you know, create a business that can print like hundreds of thousands every month in profits. Yeah. So that's maybe the interesting opportunity. So there is still a barrier to entry. It's not for yeah. free, like an like, you know, agency or like information product, but it's not crazy uh, capital intensive to enter. You don't need like to build servers and a like, whole infrastructure and like sales teams and everything. So I think the, the decent opportunity is this, uh, but the problem that our viewer might um, say is like, yeah, but... If you are just a beginner, how, how do you do this? Uh, maybe as a beginner, the best thing is still like to work with people doing this, and then you know, earn pretty much like, uh, uh, let's say like your seat at the table as a partner over time, and then you know move to the next, uh, and, and then participate and move to the next business with them as a yeah. partner. I, I, there's a quote of Naval that I think about when identifying opportunities like this and sometimes thinking that it's too good to be true. And it says that humanity is very effective. And if there was a free way to make money, it has already been exploited. So I, when I look back over the past month, sometimes you see something like, wow, that's free money. That's too good to be true. But usually if it's too good to be true, there's still something that you have to figure out that you didn't figure out yet. So it takes some sort of intellectual humility to figure that out. Um, but yeah, yeah. kick.com, very interesting in my opinion. Um, I just put, I took some time to go through the UI and it's kind of the same thing. If you go through what are people watching, um, you see here that slots and casinos, 26,000 viewers, sports is 3K. What is sports even? Well, football live stream, so interesting. Um, okay. Then other just chatting and then on Twitch is mainly, you still see a lot of, you know, I'm gonna share it here with you. A lot of girls sitting in a hot tub <laughs> or in a bikini in front of a view, cooking, 24-7 live stream. Yeah. What do you think about this content in general, Tugan? What, YouTube versus Twitch, what kind of content would you see is more engaging or creates a better relationship with an audience? I don't know because I'm not really a, a Twitch or a, or, or a Kik mm. user. So um, I, I don't really know. I mean, let's say that I like like content that is like intellectually stimulating. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure this is stimulate, like very stimulating. I don't know. Yeah. Really. yeah. Yeah, that's it. So Kik.com did a move there of saying, okay, our main business model is in danger because Twitch dot 
twitch.tv or twitch.com says, hey guys, you can't do plus 18 streaming. You can't do any gambling anymore. So we're just going to copy what you're doing. We're going to do better user experience, pay our creators more and do better marketing. On top of this, the owners of kick.com, which are the stake.com owners, have deep, deep pockets so they can afford to lose of money or to lose a lot of money building the stuff, hiring collaborators, hiring influencers to stream with them. So maybe let's see. I, I, I will give you an, an analogy. Um, if you take Emirates Airline, so the, the airline company from the Emirates, they're losing money. The Emirates, the planes are too big. They're not often very full. They have expensive staff. Always like the best quality of everything, more space for your legs, so you know less people in the plane, and it's they're losing money. Yes, they're losing money here, so people can come to Dubai, spend in Dubai, invest in Dubai, choose to live in Dubai, uh, uh, take pictures of Dubai, put it on the Instagram, do some free advertising for Dubai, and more people are taking Emirates to go to Dubai to do shopping and invest in real estate, and maybe choose to live there. So, yeah, it's just like a. It's not a money losing business, it's a cost of acquisition. Yeah. This is part of the bigger business. Yeah. And the person that can afford to spend more money acquiring a customer over time is going to win simply because you're going to bleed out yeah. all of your competition. Cool. From talking to about kick.com, let's talk about some new other AI startups or Web3 startups that we found this week. Let's start with the first one that is. Practica. Practica, immersive language learning app with generative AI avatars. Engage in fun and interactive language learning with ChatGPT powered AI speaking buddies. So this is kind of Duolingo with people learning English. Let's say if Practica.ai would like to fight Duolingo to dethrone the behemoth, what do you think they would have to do in order to do that? I think the big difference is like Duolingo, a bunch of people in an office decided what is going to be your like roadmap as a user, what kind of like vocabulary you're going to learn first and stuff like this, and then what kind of sentences you're going to work on. And uh, so it's like very fixed. It's like you know, one size fits all pretty much. Uh, with AI, you could have this very customized experience. Um, so and more immersive maybe. So yes, there is some market shares to be gained, I think on this like immersion and customization. Do you think that people prefer to talk to an AI avatar or the Duolingo bird? What do you think is more human psychology? Depends on the overall like UX and UI. Cool. So what do, what do you think about? Like the gamification on Duolingo, for instance, gamification is just like extremely good on Duolingo to make you stick, to make you make challenges, to make you like come back every day, score some point, make some progress, this feeling of making progress. This is really well done on Duolingo. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the next one. The world's fastest AI powered auto subtitle generator. So what they do, you upload a video and it's going to give you the fastest ever and most precise subtitles. What do you think about this? Like, I have to think that you have like hundreds of companies having the same value proposition, but 
I don't know. How do you feel about it? So I, I feel the only way that you can really make money with this is if you sign really large B2B deals. Like you said, for example, if you go to YouTube, you already kind of have transcriptions there. If you use Riverside like we do, you can also transcribe it. So the market that they have is like if you say here, Bosch, Visa, McDonald's, Standard Chartered. If these companies really need large, 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 precise subtitle generators, maybe they could grab that market. But I doubt that a user like us would really go out of its way to pay 19 or 10 bucks a month just to get better subtitles because I feel any other, let's say, video editing software or even Figma or like we said, Riverside can just maybe build an API with ChatGPT and they can do that themselves. So I don't really think it's a business yeah. that is that is very nice to scale on a B2C way. Maybe there are enough businesses that say, okay, I want to pay 10 bucks a month for this. But then again, you're going to need like a lot of businesses per month that would that would enjoy paying for this. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Next one. Hacking phase. The AI community building the future. Build, train and deploy state-of-the-art models powered by the reference open source in machine learning. So it's a machine learning platform that you can use, if I'm correct here, to image classification, object detection. Um, yeah, is this like a GitHub for AI models? Hmm. Seems like it. Can we give any sort of opinion on this? I don't know, it's outside my uh my skill set. Right. Then I think I have something that's in your skill set and that's script.ai. 10x faster way to write short video scripts for YouTube shorts, TikToks, whatever it might be. Oh, fuck it. Fuck it. Like, seriously, like, there are hundreds of companies about, hey, let's do like some like. Fuck it. How much does this charge? Yeah, I, I don't know. Go back at the bottom. Go into the main page at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, no, okay, no, no. I, th I thought it was uh, Jasper, but no, no, it's it's yeah. a guy. Uh, I, I, like, a, just just an individual. Um, I mean, you know, that, that's the thing. It's, it's one thing, you know, to take, like, the, like we discussed it, like, before. Um, it's one thing to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to take something that is super annoying to use, and create this very simple, very like nice uh, experience to use it, like you know, like the Lensa experience. Like you know, you have stable diffusion, you have, or whatever. Like you have no idea how to use it. It's super annoying. Uh, your prompt are always like creating some weird potato uh, on a rainbow, and not like some sexy girl or, or like yeah. whatever. So you you build Lensa. People take picture. You, it's super user friendly. You click, you pay, you have your stuff. Okay, why not? But you know, if you want to generate like a text a short text for like a TikTok or some like short, or like some YouTube mm -hmm. short. ChatGPT is doing it very well. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's just not working. It just, it works fine. So you're just trying to add a layer of very superficial interface on something that works quite fine and to be like, oh, I'm creating this new thing. No, fuck you. You're not creating anything. But, um, and I think that these two low tech, low effort projects I mean, it won't be, succe I mean, won't be successful. I agree. 
like we said before, if you're not 10 times better, 10 times faster, you're not going to get very far. And I think with... And, and he wrote, the guy he wrote, like, it's 10 times faster. Who cares? Like, it's already super fast with ChatGPT. Yeah. It's super yeah. fast. So, yeah. That's it. Main outcome of today, if you want to copy an existing business model, what do you need to get right, Tugan? I think you need to understand like the cost structure and the barrier to entry and the network effect of the mm. business. Because these are the three main like criteria to know if you have a chance to compete against the um, established players. Yeah. Beautiful. So that was Twitch versus stake.com. Couple of AI startups that didn't sweep us off our chair. Let's have a look what's going on on YouTube. Nice. One viewer. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, we're just trying this new format of, um, it's one of our like, um, thesis is people want life. People want like genuine conversation, genuine interactions. Um, and not like, you know, this like a pre-scripted video with chat GPT, you know, oh, sorry, five hacks to do whatever, you know, five productivity thing, uh, my morning routine. No, people want like genuine conversation, um, interactions real ideas and uh, so that's what that's what we're trying Beautiful. to do guys everybody let us know in the feedback section if you like this type of content if you like these type of case studies what you would like us to talk us more about and then we see you next tuesday